And we're back for another episode of Startup Hustle, a podcast for entrepreneurs by entrepreneurs. If you want to start, own, or build a business, then you're in the right place. We bring you the real truth about what it's like to take something from concept to launch, from growth, innovation, experience, failing, or winning big, we've got you covered. So let's get down to business with another episode of Startup Hustle, brought to you by Fullscale.io. And we're back, back for another episode of Startup Hustle. Matt DeCourcy here to have another conversation I'm hoping helps your business grow. We talk so much about funding, investment, venture capital, all kinds of stuff. What we don't talk a lot about is crowdfunding. And crowdfunding is a really interesting way for, in my opinion, specific types of companies to raise money, get moving, scale. And for some companies, it's not a great fit. We're going to talk all about that today. And before we get too far into that, I want to let you know that today's episode of Startup Hustle is brought to you by Our Crowd. Do you wish you were in on some of the best performing IPOs of 2019 and 2020? Our crowd's investors were, and now you can join them in what's next. With our crowd, accredited investors have early access to invest directly, easily, and importantly, early. Our crowd investors have benefited from our crowd companies IPOing like Beyond Meat or being bought by companies like Intel, Nike, Microsoft, and Oracle. Go to ourcrowd.com forward slash hustle. There's a link in the show notes. People, go click that link and make sure you have that forward slash hustle so we can keep our hustle going. With me today, I've got an expert on crowdfunding, scaling businesses, a whole lot of stuff. I've got Graham Ripple, who's the owner of Ripple Consulting. Graham, welcome to Startup Hustle. Thank you. So good to be here. Yeah, I appreciate you taking the time to chat with us. And, you know, I, I'd like to know a little, I, I believe our listeners would too, a little bit more about your backstory. So lay it on us. Yeah, I've um, been a, an entrepreneur for what, going on, I think about 12 years. Um, started my my first company in the late late 20s. I had a background in engineering and business. Um, and so I've, I've done, I've founded three companies. Um, most recently, um, for the last four and a half years, I was with um, it's a Kansas city company called Oyo fitness. Um, and that's really where I've gotten a lot of my crowdfunding experience from. Um, I was, a, I, I was hired by them to do a product launch on crowdfunding and we can chat more about that. I did a second, a, a second product launch with them. Um, and then I stayed on as their COO. Um, I most recently actually just, um, transitioned out of that role. And I'm now the president of a new startup called link by Lou. Uh, which is a permanent jewelry company, um, and I'm coming on board to help prop up uh, business, business, the business side of it, and then um, scale a team of sales reps. Uh, go, going back to Oyo, and I and I, I just remember seeing news and headlines about that. They had a wildly cra- successful crowdfunding campaign, to, as I recall. I mean, I'm like millions, right? If you have mil- millions, four point one million um, in something like uh, fifty days. It was in. Um, uh, I, I believe it was April into June of 2020. Um, it at the time was the 35th highest funded Kickstarter um, out of 480,000. It put us in the top like 0.1 percent. It was it was wild. And what pro- what kind of product was that? Yeah, so Oyo Fitness sells um, sells uh, at home portable gyms, and so this was a second generation product um, it, called the Oyo Nova Gym. 
So it is a, it's a product that it's a handheld portable gym. It weighs under three pounds. It puts out 40 pounds of resistance uh, using patented Spiroflex technology that OYO CEO, Paul Francis um, developed. Interesting. Yeah. I remember seeing that and, and doing it amidst a pandemic. You know, that's been a, a really hot segment. I, if your product and you see some of these companies rush some things out, I think, uh, who was it? Peloton just got to recall all their treadmills or something. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. And, uh, for, for those that are regular listeners, I actually have some familiarity with the fitness equipment industry. Cause I invested in, uh, in uh, fitness delivery experts. And it was a company that just delivers fitness equipment. So um, needless to say, business was up last year quite a bit. <laughs> as, as, as a matter of fact, like uh, people were scalping gym equipment on, on Craigslist. It was almost like, ply, it was the plywood of 2020, like 2021, it's plywood and lumber and maybe used cars. Since when are used cars something you should have held on to for dear life, much like cryptocurrency or something but yeah so uh, very interesting things and interesting market dynamics sometimes the timing can be good for stuff and sometimes it isn't but let's start simple man uh yeah. what do you like most about crowdfunding oh i you know crowdfunding to me presents such an opportunity to get to get an mvp product in front of in front of customers and it has to be it has to be baked enough that you can actually deliver on it. You know I mean? You, MVP might be too early stage, but um, just to get in front of, to get in front of potential customers um, and then see how they respond, right? And then ideally if it works, then you're in a situation where they are actually funding the tooling or funding the first run of production or, you know, or, or any of those kind of the financial aspects of it. So, okay. So, yeah. yeah so I, I'm going to, I'm going to represent the fail and not fail category because I've been on both sides of it. Uh, yeah. When we said at the beginning of the show, or at least I did that certain types of products do well. And, and I really want to put the quotes around products, like tangible physical things that people hold. Um, yeah. And I say uh, representing a failed crowdfunding. So man, this was probably six or seven years ago when we were launching gigabook.com, we mm -hmm. did a subscription offering on, uh, I think it was Indiegogo or one of those things. And honestly, it didn't really go that well. I mean, we got some, um, sure. but it was pretty weak overall and uh, it wasn't because we didn't try. I felt like we had a, had a really good uh, presentation and everything, but quickly learned that crowdfunding is, is best for tangible things, meaning things you can hold in your hand. And then on the flip side of that, uh, myself, full scale and full mm -hmm. scale uh, have made a pretty significant investment in mixtape the game. And mm -hmm. that is something that had a really, really successful Kickstarter campaign. And mm -hmm. Uh, Joel Johnson, who's the creator of that, that's how he launched the product. And we've taken that uh, since then have sold 100,000 units worldwide, launched just launched an app that integrates with Spotify and Apple Music. So uh, good on one side and bad on another. So now when it, I mentioned using Indiegogo and there's Kickstarter and other stuff, and I would imagine the world of, of crowdfunding campaign, like campaigns and platforms and stuff like that has probably expanded since I've given too much into it. But I mean, what are, what are the most popular platforms now and what have you found success with? Yeah, well, there, Matt, there's a lot there. <laughs> I resonate with yeah. everything you said about winners and losers. I'm like, oh, that's, that's spot on. 
Um, so to start to start uh, backwards and move forward, um, yeah, the uh, I mean the market leaders I think are still Kickstarter, Indiegogo. Um, what I've always done with the campaigns that I'm managing is a is you know Kickstarter is a winners take all um, model, and you know like or basically like it's all or nothing model I should say. Um, so you have to it, it's a termed model. You know you have you give a certain amount of time, you have a certain goal. If you don't raise that amount in that in that amount of time, you get nothing, right? Um, Indiegogo, um, they they do it two ways. One is termed like that. Another is wide open. So what I do is I normally do a termed Kickstarter campaign, um, and then as soon as that's done, I do an Indiegogo in demand campaign, and then I use Indiegogo in demand as my pre-sale platform, um, and so it allows you to have a really concerted. Um, time-sensitive sale on Kickstarter, and then convert that over into something that is um, uh, that, that just that's wide open, that's still discounted pricing and things like that. But um, you don't have you don't have goals on the Indiegogo side, so that that's how that's how I run my campaigns. I do know there are other platforms out there. There's lots of international platforms that are out there that that is that's fascinating. Um, but for the U.S. market, I I run those too. Yeah, and that same crowdfunding model has. Uh, spilled over to other forms of commerce, like like today's sponsor of our episode, Our Crowd, is yeah. essentially crowdfunding for startups, which uh, is now possible. You know, ten mm-hmm. years ago, that was like we mentioned uh, launching Gigabook. We wouldn't have the there was just laws, regulations, all that wouldn't have allowed us to have been in a platform like Our Crowd. So I think it's pretty cool the access to capital that entrepreneurs and just businesses in general have. So, okay, let's talk about a successful crowdfunding campaign. Like what when you because you've done it. So when you sit down on day one. All right. So we got nothing here. We have nothing for product X, Graham. Yeah. Where do we start? Where do we start? What's the first thing we do? Well, I mean, frankly, to your to your point, I mean, I. It, it really comes down to I, the, when I when someone asks me about crowdfunding, should I launch this product on crowdfunding? The very first thing that I'm looking at is market fit. I treat I treat crowdfunding as its own market. I coach people to think of it as a as its own channel, as its own business strategy. Um, and so I'm looking for I'm looking for products that are physical. Like you said, I'm looking I, I really like a sweet spot of on crowdfunding, something like 75 to $150. Um, it allows it to be, it, you, you have enough, you have enough of a price that is, um, that you can actually get some ad spend underneath it. If you do smaller products, it's difficult to, to actually get enough of an ad spend to be able to scale it. Um, I'm then looking at, you know, who's the average crowdfunding backer, right? So these are, we know these are early adopters. We know that, um, Kickstarter is a little bit more heavily skewed male. It's about 70-30 if, if I'm remembering correctly. Indiegogo is a, a little bit better split, but it still skews male. It skews young. So I, I, like, I have lots of people who come to me with, with great products, but if it doesn't hit, if it doesn't hit those, that list, then I'm like, I, my recommendation is not to do crowdfunding, right? And in, 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 in the same way that I, I wouldn't want you to launch another product in a, in a bad channel that doesn't work for you. So that to me is the, is the starting point is, is this the right fit for crowdfunding? Um, and that's kind of my, my rough list of doing it. And then from there, it's really looking at what, what is the company bringing to the table in terms of being able to then scale it, 
So it, there was a time in which crowdfunding was, was really organically built. You could launch a product on crowdfunding um, and it, you would allow the, the community to spread it, right? You could do lots of PR. I don't think we live in that world anymore. Um, Kickstarter has algorithms, Indiegogo has algorithms. They wanna put winners in front of their fans. That's how they make their money. Um, but to, but to, to get at their attention, you're having to put in a lot of effort um, from both marketing as well as ad spend. I mean, just to, just to scale it. Um, and so I, so again, once I realized product fit, I then am saying, what do you guys bring to the table in terms of existing clientele, in terms of startup, in terms of some startup capital for, um, you know, and then you start pulling different levers based on what they have to, to try to scale it. So, you know, so many different types of, of industry verticals have different ratios and percentages. And this 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 industry wants to, uh, X percent of revenue here, Y percent of revenue there. Like, is there a is there a, a rule of thumb or any particular number that you should? And by the way, if you're not if you're not expect if you think you're going to launch or the I, I hesitate to even use the word promote in the sentence, if you think you're yeah. not going to promote what you're trying to promote through some form of paid advertising you're naive people like graham said everything's got an algorithm and and look facebook doesn't show your posts to everyone as a business because they want you to pay that's right. the way it goes so give them a little money but is that's there right. a, is there a percentage or a number that you should expect or like what's a healthy number to be within yeah so on the on the advertising side I actually see crazy efficiency with with the advertising side of Kickstarter comparing a crowdfunding launch versus kind of like general market um, and so I typically model um, a return on ad spend of three and a half to four um, which means that for every dollar you put in you get back three and a half dollars um, or you get back four dollars right so that that's what I model. Um, be, before the, like before kind of the, the campaign starts, um, you know, and, and the inverse way to do it is a percentage. So return on ad spend of four, um, means that it's a 25% of your cost goes to advertising, right? So you can invert it that way if you want to use percentages, but, and so that, that's how, that's how I think of it with that. I mean, you have to keep in mind with crowdfunding, you know, off the top right? You've got 5% that's going to Kickstarter. You've, they've got their processing fees. That's another 2.7% or something on average. You know, I would recommend um, using a backer, backer um, management software such as Backerkit. Um, so they're going to be, that's another, you know, depending on what scale you use, that's another one to 3%, right? So you just have to be really conscious of the numbers. Um, I, for me, a winning crowdfunding is one that is um, is one that's break even and paying for paying for um, either tooling or paying for um, not just the crowdfunding products, but then extra that you can then sell into the market. So I don't, I mean, I, I think that, you know, potentially you're looking at a 10 to 15% profit margin prior to those expenses. But a lot of times people are coming in and they're using the funds to actually get going. And so I, I wouldn't, even with like a, a huge campaign, like we run, we ran um, it, it's, you know, you've got lots of little bites that come out. And so really what you're about is a product introduction um, and to get that product into the market, whatever that means for you. I think a lot of people are green when it comes to this and, and inexperienced. And, you know, they look at things like, they're like, Amazon takes 30% of my money. I'm like, Amazon is your store, they're your warehouse, they're your fulfillment center, they're your delivery guy. 
through yeah. your accountant. So actually you're getting a great deal, you know, on some yeah. levels, but a lot of people are going to look at stuff and they're either thinking they're not going to promote it or they're going to look at that and they go, Oh my God, a third of my money's going, Hey, that's the cost of doing business. If you have another way to drive a lot of interest and everything. Now, here's the thing though, if you're smart with that, you can look at that as a longer term promotional expense because I dude, how much, how many articles did Oyo get after that? I mean, was the, the earned, P, I would imagine that the earned PR on that was worth every penny that went into it. A hundred percent. I mean, the number of international distributor inquiries that we have, right? Like, I mean, we're doing primary direct to consumer business in the States and then internationally, like either we have, either we have a business decision, which is let's replicate the whole system in another country, right? And to your point, it's advertising. It is a localized website. It is localized customer service. It is a localized Amazon listing, or we can get a distributor and have the distributor buy product from us wholesale. And then they do all that work, right? And so, I mean, to your point, both PR as well as international distributors, and we had so many people who reached out who were wanting to then, who were wanting to then work with us. I mean, it, it, it was phenomenal, absolutely. These are people that these are the situations where ROI and ROE are kind of incalculable. Like, and I've, I've had people ask, like, even our own COO, he's like, yeah. I'm having a hard time figuring out the ROI and the ROE on the podcast. So I was like, dude, stop trying. Stop trying because there's you're never going to come up with an accurate answer because it finds its customers, it generates revenue. Uh, yeah. What's street cred worth, Graham? Like, exactly. cause that's like the whole thing, like earned PR, you talk about all the press and all the, and whatever, cause you really can't calculate it. And you know, it's like people go to the full scale website and I, I mean, I'm just guessing here and they yeah. see, Hey, here's, here's some guys that are, that are startup founders. They think like me, they build a company that is exists to help me. And I want to do business with people like that rather <laughs> than a nameless, faceless person that I'll never meet or see that doesn't get me. And like, and you can't, you can't calculate that. There's not a tracking code or a tag manager or a funding exactly. kit or any of that that's going to give you a number for that. So there's, a, you know, that's the thing I think is cool about the crowdfunding stuff yeah. is like, and, and I remember seeing Oyo, I was like, oh, wow. Okay. That's a lot. Yeah. I didn't realize the number. Like, I didn't know where yeah. that ranked, but I don't think you see $4 million crowdfunding campaigns a lot. But like you said, I didn't, hadn't even thought about that. Like the there's probably product distributors that are just sitting there looking at the top 20 on that going, okay, let's call here. Let's call here. Exactly. And then there's probably also some people, other places that are going, huh, this is probably something we should steal. Oh, <laughs> you know? oh yeah. yeah, absolutely. <laughs> well, I, I mean, to your point, so we did this crowdfunding back in 2007. And at the time, I mean, we raised 660 K, right? Like, which is, I mean, which is for crowdfunding is a lot. Like, let's not, let's not like, say that that's nothing. Um, but it was at the time, the number two most funded fitness products on, on Kickstarter, right? So it was something that we, we were like, oh my gosh, I mean, 600, 600 K, we ended up doing a total of a million between Kickstarter and Indiegogo. You know, we had this little um, PR hook of like, hey, number two most funded at the time. I really think that some of the success that we had then four years later or, or three years later was based on that early one. So I think it, it gave us, Hey, it, it gave us it gave us a hook to talk about. It was earned PR. It also gave us credibility to say we've already done this. 
So we can do, we can manage a $4 million campaign. We can deliver on it because we've done it three years ago. So like, I mean, to that, to that point, absolutely. I mean, I, I think it, it all just stacks up and I think that reputation matters. So we're going to talk a little bit about how to promote mm-hmm. before we do that. Let's promote something. How about that? Today's episode is brought to you by Our Crowd. You can join Our Crowd's investment in Cyto Reason. Cyto Reason has partnered with five of the 10 largest pharma companies to deliver life saving drugs at a fraction of the time and cost. Cyto Reason's AI model. AI models, the human body and the, at the molecular level, completely changing what's possible in the trillion dollar drug development landscape. By the way, they're giving me all kinds of tough stuff to say here. So I'm trying to get through this, people. Yeah, bear with okay. me. <laughs> you can get in early on Cyto Reason and other unique opportunities at ourcrowd.com forward slash hustle. If you're interested in investing, you need to join Our Crowd. By the way, I'm just going to tell you go check out their platform. It's really cool. Uh, it's free. You can sign up for it for free. And it's kind of cool just to look and see see what other startups are doing. I'm really kind of micro obsessed with the crowdfunding thing for startups because I part of me is jealous that this stuff wasn't out there. And I'm seeing all these different sites and things and like our crowd's legit. So go to ourcrowd.com forward slash hustle link in the show notes. All right. So (laughs) I've seen really good crowdfunding campaigns. And I've seen ones that made me probably look like a dog that just saw a card trick. So, you know, when it comes to promoting, promoting it, like, what are some do's and don'ts that you've learned? Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, do's and don'ts. I mean, you, uh, the traditionally the most money that you make in crowdfunding is the first three days and the last seven. And then everything in the middle is just chipping away. And so what that communicates is that starting strong is so important. And it's also so important both, both, um, both for reaching your goal as well as for, as well as for algorithms and getting, and getting kind of free traffic. So as far as, as far as do's and don'ts, um, you know, and, and I think that I actually, one point that I'll make, the reason that people are hot in the beginning and hot at the end Hot in the beginning, they're there for special promotions, early bird deals, super early bird deals, limited things that are either time limited or quantity limited. They want to be the first to get that thing. The reason they're doing it at the end is they're now confident that you're that you've reached your goal and that you're gonna that hopefully you're gonna fulfill it. And so they want to get in on the special Kickstarter pricing as well as stretch goals and things like that you've thrown in as special perks. Um, so it's important to understand that psychology. And so as far as do's and don'ts for promoting, I mean, I, I think it's understanding how are we going to start strong, right? So different things that you can consider is if you already have an existing customer base, you're communicating with them. Hey, we've got this new product. This is when it's going to come out. This is the special promotion um, pricing that we're going to do. If you don't have that, then I think it's considering um, doing some doing some pre-campaign advertising, bringing them over to a landing page. Um, beginning to collect an email list, things like that. There's newsletters that you can be a part of. Um, there's a couple out there that I really like. Um, I really like, I, I, I've worked with, um, like uh, we, we work with a bunch of ad agencies that are specific to crowdfunding. Um, and so one of them um, called Inventus Partners, they have a newsletter called Product Type that I think is phenomenal. Backer Kit, I've mentioned them earlier. They, are, they do advertising in addition to campaign fulfillment. Um, and they, um, they have, they have a newsletter as well that I think is fantastic to be a part of. Um, 
And so, so all of that, I want like a strong first, I want a strong first three days. Um, I do, I do recommend people work with a crowdfunding specific uh, advertising agency. Um, they, I have done head to head against our normal agency and the crowdfunding agency and the crowdfunding agencies destroy the be- even the best digital marketing firm. And the reason they destroy them is because they have amazing lookalike audiences. And, and there's, there's, um, there's statistics that once you back one crowdfunding campaign, you're going to back another. And so these people just are, they're taking it and they're just getting in front of ones I've worked with. I've worked with BackerKit. I've worked with Inventus Partners. I've worked with BackerCamp. Um, those are those are kind of my go-to. I'll give all of them free publicity and shout-outs because they're they're just do it. Sure, we're so. revealing the we're we're revealing crowdfunding secrets, Graham. Don't hold back. Come that's on, right. Man. Give it away. Uh, no, I think that's good because, like, you know, here's the thing: is is it's a big world, man. I mean, yeah. there's. Well, first off, yes, it's a big world. There's seven and a half billion people on this planet doing seven and a half billion things right now. Right. And, you know, some of the things that, well, really the the mission statement of Startup Hustle in this podcast is to try to give people good, real, candid, sometimes not fucked up. That's right. That's how raw <laughs> it can be advice. And, you know, right. like, but that's the truth. And that's the thing. And, um, you know, it, it, speaking of which, if you want some good advice about what we're doing, go check out our YouTube channel that we launched earlier this year. We got thousands of people subscribed to it already. To today's episode is about uh, how how owning a business affects your mental health. Um, so yeah, we say the word fuck a little bit in that one too. That's there's really no way to. I would. I mean, that's a whole other topic. I'd love to talk about I mental, mean, mental health or or mental health or how how owning a business teaches you how many different ways you can use the f word in a sentence. Both both and both. I think they're actually related. They're kind of a, yeah. They're kind of <laughs> interwoven. That's why yeah. I'm really warming people up for that yes. episode if they yeah. go to go to check it out. There's a link for that in the show notes too. So anyway, <laughs> and by the way. The the person who swears the most in Startup Hustle TV is Lauren Conaway, the founder of Innovate Her KC and also a host of a, a Startup Hustle episode every Thursday. You just wouldn't expect that it would be Lauren. Everyone thinks it would be me because I do curse like a sailor. Anyway, so I got a cu- I have a couple tips, the things that I think are just kind of general things. Like I'm going to state the obvious. So go ahead and sit down, people. But if you put a video in any of your promo, like a video, like will show things on a completely different level. And I think that people often, well, you want to have a pro video, but at the same time, like the world of content and, and video creation has dumbed itself down to like the prosumer is yeah. everywhere. Like I look at all the the ads and the different stuff that I see on YouTube and half the time it's like clearly some guy out in his yard holding a video. It might even be me doing that. Right. But you can have it like people want to see the real part of you. They don't yeah. want like yeah. they don't want the robot voiceover guy that's like, "Yeah, this is the greatest thing." They want to see you and talk about you and why you built what you built, who you built it for, the problem you're solving and why you're different. And you might find that like a really just kind of granular, low key video like that might do wonders. Because if you can humanize yourself to people buying and people identify with you, and especially if your product solves like like something that that gives people peace of mind or solves a problem that yeah. annoys large masses and just talk about it. And 
why they should support you. And you might find that you get a really, really good response from that kind of stuff. It doesn't, you don't have to bring in the Hollywood people and build a film set and do all that other stuff. Like, I mean, it, it, I think if you're going to show a video of your product, you might want to, you know, be professional with it, but you can put another video in there. Like I said, like I grab my GoPro, I grab my phone. I do videos all the time. That's actually how we film startup hustle TV with a shitload of GoPros and it comes out great. It looks great. It's like 5k. So it, it does just fine, but there's, you know, you are walking around, with a recording studio and a film studio and, and, and a worldwide encyclopedia in your pocket right now, use it, use it. Well, and, and to that point, like, okay, when we talk about investing in companies, right? What are, what are we saying? We are investing not only in an idea, right? We're also investing in the team. We're investing in the people, right? Because we know that companies are going to iterate. We know that they're going to change. Right. And so I'm looking at the team and I'm saying, do I believe that this team has the capability to launch that? It's the exact same thing for Kickstarter. Right. And so to your point, to put the founders, to put the team in front of it and to make it a, to make it a, a something more like a UGC or make it something that it, that is a behind the scenes that is a little bit rough, that is a little bit hard to engage with. Like, I mean, again, what is the crowdfunding? Uh, what is the crowdfunding channel? It's all about early adapters. So they want to see. They want to see. They want to see it rough, right? You can't have it so rough that people don't want it. But they they want to relate. They want to have. They want to connect. And I think that's one of the reasons that um, that Oyo was so successful. Frankly, is that we we had this beautiful inventor story of Paul inventing this technology and then licensing it to NASA, licensing it to Bowflex. I mean, it, that story matters, right? And to your point, it doesn't have to be super sexy. It can be. It can. It can be more off the cuff, more raw. That's personal. I have another little bit of advice here as well, because, you know, obviously social media can really be helpful. We talked about lookalike audiences and stuff like that. And sometimes that's a little too complex for people that are still getting started. I think one of the big mistakes that, that too many people try to make is they try to, exp that you not look, you don't make the sale during the ad impression on Facebook. It's not how that works. So people try to put 10,000 words on a 1080 by 1080 image. And really the only job of your ad is to get a click. If the ad gets a click, the ad did its job. It's your job to have a landing page or an experience on the other side of that click that doesn't suck. Because I, I talk to people a lot over this last shit 15 years and you know they're like well I try, i'm like what kind of promotion are you doing at your business well we tried cpc cost per click advertising but it didn't work and i'll ask them i'll say well did people click your ads yeah but no one bought anything it's not the ad's fault that's your fault right. it really is the ad's yeah. job is to get the click so put something on there and you know the okay so this podcast has ranked as high as number 15 for entrepreneurship podcasts on apple like all of Apple. Want to know how we did that, Graham? We, ha we had an image that said a podcast for entrepreneurs and the Startup Hustle logo. That was it. That was the yeah. whole freaking ad. Nothing yeah. more, nothing less. And then you clicked it and you ended up where you ended up at wherever you listen to, the podca to podcasts. But that's all it takes. The ad did its job. It got the clicks. It drove the people that yeah. later subscribed. Hopefully you're still listening. And if you are, thank you. But that is, that is without a doubt, I think the mistake I see newbies make a lot with their advertising. They're trying to put like, here's the 10 different reasons why you should buy this. And then here's 10 more reasons why yeah. we're better. And then you know what? 
here's 10 other things too. And then it's just like too long, didn't read, no one cared. Well, and, and to that point, I mean, I, I love you saying that. To that point, I, I then think about what's the next step. So they're, they're then um, clicking on the ad and, and we're talking crowdfunding. So they're landing on a, a Kickstarter page. So let's talk about what makes a good Kickstarter page because that's where your yep. story is happening, right? And so what do I do to that point? I know they've clicked on an ad and that ad is hopefully is a, at least in our situation was a video ad. So they had a little bit of an understanding of what it did. They land on the Kickstarter page at the very top. You've got a, you've got the Kickstarter video. Hopefully that tells the story. But then when I get into the actual page, what am I wanting to do? I'm, I basically want to slowly give them incremental information so that they can, that they can see if it's a good fit for them. Right? So at the very top of the ad, to your point, I have, what are the, what are the highlights? What does this solve? State, state the problem. What's the problem exactly. you're solving? Yeah. Are you what? tired of broken stuff? Yes. I don't know. Yeah, that's it. I am. You know what? I'm so tired of broken stuff. Tell me more. Yeah. And but that's you got it. It's you know in news they say if it bleeds it leads. My book editor tells me uh, he he's like and Patrick, thank you for beating this into my head. Uh, <laughs> you know you got to lead with the need. Mm. And, you know, there's a reason that these sayings exist. And that's the problem. You know, it's like, are, are you having a hard time finding software developers? As a matter of fact, I am. And then, so what's more, or, you know, or they can also be things like, you know, like that, 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 that hero statement has, mm. is so important yeah. and keep someone's attention. Don't people want to put that shit at the bottom. And I'm like, why? Like, yeah. get it up top, like yeah. grab my attention. Cause if not, Mm. probably okay. just going to scroll by or I'm going to go or, or too long. Didn't read. All right. So we're going to talk, I want to talk some about the actual, like during the process of the campaign, but sure. before we do that, I once again, want to give a big thanks to our crowd for helping us bring you today's episode. Our crowd's kind of like crowdfunding for startups. So go check them out with our crowd accredited investors have access to invest directly, easily, and early, you can get a free account at ourcrowd.com forward slash hustle. Go check it out, people. I think that's very topical. So, all right, let's talk about the actual campaign. I know we talked about some of it, like, you know, all right, so we know we want to get off to a good start. We know we want to create some digital assets, meaning pictures, videos, posts. We want to, in my notes, it says, prepare your face off. So yeah, that's good advice. Um, but you know, now the campaign started, what is that? Like, how does that work? I mean, you know, obviously you launch it and people are going to start buying stuff or they don't, you know, I mean, what, what's the campaign process like? I feel like it's gotta be kind of excruciating because some of them are pretty long. Oh, it's brutal. It's, I, I describe it as a sprint and a marathon all at once. Uh, and you, and you're like, it's, it's like a, it's like running the 800 meter. Everyone talks about the 800 meter being the worst race because it's a full out sprint for two laps, right? And that's, that yeah, is- That'd be terrible. It's, it's horrible. Yeah, it's like, what, what are we doing here? Um, yeah, you know, like, and so, you know, I, I try to prepare people emotionally. Um, and first couple of days, hopefully, if you've done your job, I mean, they're crazy. The first day of the OYO campaign, I literally sat on my porch for 12 hours answering comments, answering messages for 12 hours. We launched at 9 a.m. I think that I got up and did, I went to the restroom. I probably got a 30 minute lunch and I think I closed my computer at 9 PM. 
And I just was answering questions. And so, and then, so, so I'm, you know, the next day was less. We then build out a wiki, you know, common answers, you know, but like, you know, you're propping up a customer service team in the first couple of days of the campaign to then hopefully automate stuff, especially with the campaign as large as, as the Nova gym. Um, so, so that's the first part of it. I, I think that you are having to be really reactionary, figuring out, you know, you're, you're, and you're having to be reactionary in all the different parts of businesses, right? You're having to be reactionary um, with customer service and issues that, that happen there, questions that people have, um, mistakes that you made, you know, or people pushing back on shipping costs. Like during the Nova Gym campaign, I propped up a, a warehouse in the UK <laughs> during that campaign. And I had to get pricing. We had to find the person because we were planning on just fulfilling from Taiwan where we manufacture in the US. And then we realized our shipping, because we didn't have a UK warehouse or a, like an e, a, a Europe warehouse, that our shipping was too high to Europe. But we had such a big campaign, we wanted to service them. So in the middle of the campaign, I'm building out operations um, to get pricing, like to get pricing in place so that we can then market to those people. Um, you're having to... You're having to look at what products are selling well. What new promotions do you want to do? You know, like it, I mean, I feel like crowdfunding for, especially for a big campaign, it teaches you all the fundamentals of business in like 50 days and you're just along for the ride. Um, and then on the flip side of it is you potentially also have a lull where if you started out strong and then suddenly your sales are tinkering away, we talk about mental health, you know, you're there going, it, it feels like the, the sky's falling, you know, it feels like it, this isn't going to work. And then invariably the last seven to 10 days, things pick back up again. Um, so it's, I mean, it's a, the whole thing is a, is a freaking rush. Um, so I, I always, I always tell people, and this isn't necessarily crowdfunding, but you know, I've, I've released three books. Um, I launched multiple businesses that have done a lot of different things. And it's funny because anytime the people that know me or work with me or are married to me here <laughs> launch day, they yeah. just know that's what I'm doing that day, you know? And it's funny because people are like, well, shouldn't it be set up? I'm like, yeah, in theory, in theory, you've thought most of it out and then reality yeah. comes and you get to, you know, you don't, like you said, it's like comments or just yeah. staying active and doing stuff and making, so you make a post on Facebook. They're like, oh, you shouldn't you have that ready? Yeah, I had it ready ahead of time, but then there's 47 comments and right. then they're on Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram, YouTube, God knows what else. Like, you know, I mean, they're everywhere and you're answering questions and you're, some things are going well and some things are not. And then you thought that yeah. this ad would, would be out on time and Facebook is slow as hell at approving. I have that happen all the time. And then they throttle you. Sometimes they don't like what you're saying or selling or like, yeah. There's some weird algorithmic trigger. Like, for example, when we launched Startup Hustle TV, our first episodes, for whatever reason, the AI kept saying that we were possibly violating some rule involving election ads in India. I'm like, how the fuck did you arrive at that conclusion from Startup Hustle TV? Yep. You know, but. Yep. The AI is the AI and it will throttle you. And next thing you know, your ads are coming out 12 hours later. So there's just weird shit that you can't predict. Yeah. You often hope doesn't happen. And then sometimes things go real well too. And you want to try to spend some gold out of that. So yeah, I think if you're going to launch anything, yes. whether it's crowdfunding, a book or anything, you need to just be, you need to know that, that your organizational bandwidth should really be focal on that for the first 
two to three days at a minimum. A hundred percent. And I, I would yeah. really say, I think that crowdfunding is, um, we, we are so quick as culture and I would say crowdfunding is faster. Like people expect because it's turned, there's something about it. They expect immediate responses. And if they don't get a response, they will freaking write you back every single day. It's like, whoa, 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 it's the weekend. There are no weekends in crowdfunding. You're just hustling the whole time, trying to trying to stay on top of everything. Yeah, and I mean, that's a lot to keep up with. So, all right. So I end my episodes of Startup Hustle with what we call the Founders Freestyle. And why do I say my episodes? Because I'm not the only host of the show. Make sure you tune in on Tuesdays. Join Andrew Morgans from Marknology. He talks all about Amazon and e-commerce. Tune in on Thursdays to listen to the champion of swearing on Startup Hustle TV, Lauren Conaway, the founder of Innovate Her KC, and an amazing person. She deserves to swear as much as she wants. If you hadn't have enough Startup Hustle at that point, did you hear we started our own TV show? The best advice I can give you, Graham, is don't start your own TV show. It's a lot of work. But that said, we did, and it comes out a couple times a week. Uh, much like this podcast, we're giving you a video version. We have a lot of different hosts and we will introduce more down the road so make sure i look go to youtube type in startup hustle you'll find us it's not that hard all right so in the in the founders freestyle we like i like to on a founder to founder level give the best advice that we can come up with based on today's episode so what do you got oh man the best advice oh that man i think it i, I what do you say plan your face off i think it, i think it's plan your plan your face off 100 percent and then it's, it reminds me, I think it's Mike Tyson who says, everybody has a plan until they get punched in the face. Um, and yep. I, we, and, by, the, by the way, you were, that's the, that is the 180th time that that's been said on this show, at least <laughs> like we, we, I, we literally love quoting Mike Tyson and, and that specifically. It's actually <laughs> the only Mike Tyson quote we use, but yeah, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, yeah, but I think, I think it's those, I think it's those two. I mean, it's like you prepare, but part of your preparation is knowing you're going to have to iterate so fast when it when it gets going and that's my i mean that's some of my best advice so yeah well i can't take credit that's our amazing research team so we actually we actually have a very large creative department i've got 200 employees 15 of them are around creative that we publish a, a daily blog article at the fullscale.io website but you know, even with the largest teams, it's sometimes a lot to coordinate. And I think that the prepare your face off, which they gave me that. So thanks, guys <laughs> and gals. Uh, but, you know, like, you look, you can't have enough stuff, yeah. like, in my opinion. Like, yeah. uh, you know, our, our creative team will be like, we'll say, hey, we, I need some launch day images. They're like, what do you have in mind? I'm like, I don't know, make me 40. And I'll tell you, I'll, t I'll, I'll tell you the 10 that I like the most, or I'll just pick them. And so we started doing things like we actually have a folder in Google Drive that is just our our promo grab bag. So, okay. you know, we are our, our designers and people like when they have free moments or time or what if they just feel inspired, we'll make things for startup hustle, for full scale, for like all the stuff we do. And I constantly have ammo. Like I have not even come close to getting to using 50% of the stuff that's in there. So some, you know, and, and here's the thing is, you know, it's not going to hurt you to have it. Um, you know, think out your messaging. Yeah. yeah we, did photo, we did a photo shoot halfway through the campaign. We yeah. were running so many ads are like our um, ad agencies. We were in three different ad agencies and they were like, do you have more content? Do you have more content? And we gave them. That's my point. So much yep. content in the beginning. Yep. We gave them so much content and they still needed more.
I mean, it was, yep. it was wild. Yeah. There, the internet has an insatiable appetite for that stuff. And that's my point. Like, don't yeah. come into it with three images and you're like, yeah, we're good. Cause oh. that shit gets stale. Like people seen it, like show people different looks, different angles, all of it. And yeah. You know, overall, I mean, I think I think the 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 main thing here that I don't want to leave unmentioned is, be, you know, if your expectation is that you're not going to spend money promoting your promotion, go back and review what the word promotion really means, because, you know, look, there's every now and then things go viral. And sure, you'll hear about them. What you don't hear about is the ninety nine point nine percent of stuff that didn't when people hoped it would. And you'll get buried on these sites. There's just so many products or so many things. And the world has an unlimited amount of stuff to pay attention to that isn't you. So you got it. You got to have something. You got to have new new stuff. And you got to pay to promote it. You can you can get whatever, just about whatever you want in front of people if you're willing to pay for it. So be prepared for that and don't be cheap about it. So, you know, like the idea that you're going to spend 3% or something like that. I mean, it's cute to think that, but you won't, or you will on a probably unsuccessful campaign. Graham, thanks again for joining me. Thanks again for our crowd. Uh, check them out. Crowdfunding for startups. I think that's pretty cool. I'll see you down the road, my friend. Sounds great. Thanks so much. Startup Hustles brought to you by Fullscale.io, helping you build a software team quickly and affordably. Make sure you reach down and hit that subscribe button, then come find us on Instagram. See you next time.